Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Rick Lucas. If you are a fan of the Kelly Patrick Show, even if this is the first time you've ever tuned in, I ask that you please send some referrals the way of my sponsors. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare-eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's show, I am joined by my good friend. We have Rick Lucas from Louisville, Kentucky, is in studio with me today. Rick, how are you today? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me. Uh, This is a unique experience for me. I've never really done a podcast before so cool it is a, a, an interesting thing you do listen to podcasts i do listen to podcasts so and I, i'm into like adam carolla and and I, I pay attention to joe rogan and a couple others you know some of the entrepreneurs out there but yeah i do listen to podcasts so this is an interesting experience I, it's learning something here i like it they say and i know this is not specifically necessarily what we're going to talk about but they say that the 2016 election, Donald Trump won by using Twitter. Mm-hmm, right. And then I guess 2020, who knows? Everyone has different descriptions of that. But it seems like for 2024, at least as of now, podcasting is playing a relatively big role in it. Obviously not the Kelly Patrick show, but, you know, <laughs> right. Joe Rogan experience. Adam mm-hmm. Carolla, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he had Vivek uh, Ramaswamy on there. That was a fascinating episode, and I, and I think you're probably right. I think the uh, legacy media, or whatever you want to call them, they there's no everything's got to be done in ten second sound bites. There's no real discussion. They're not really telling us everything we need to hear, and in a long format like an Adam Carolla show or a Joe Rogan or whoever, uh, the Young Turks, whatever. Sure, a, fair, yeah, yeah. The other uh, side, yep. The other side, the Young Pod, Turks. Pod Save America. Yes, exactly. I listen to them on just, to, I want to hear all sides of the Do story. you really? That's, yeah. okay. I, yeah. As do I. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. I important. try my best to, to, to listen to both sides. Uh, but, and you don't hear that from the, from the mainstream media or legacy media. And I think that's, podcasting is going to, 
take over how we disseminate information, I think, in the future, in, in my opinion. You know, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to come on here. I wanted to kind of get a feel for it. Should I start one? Sure. Should I try this? What's it take? What's it cost? I mean, what are all these details that have to be figured out? Because no matter what you think you know, there's always another couple, two or three layers that have to be figured out before it really becomes something. And having the equipment and doing the podcast means nothing. Correct. Right. It's like having a website. Uh, <laughs> if you Having a website doesn't mean you're going to start getting phone calls. And I want to get into some of your background and everything like that. But your profession is you are an owner of you are the owner of Louisville SEO Strategies, of course, search engine optimization based here in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But you can and you do have customers all across the country. I have I have customers all over the place. I've been doing this about twelve or thirteen years. Um, I started doing it in my office is almost like a sideline. Uh, I had a little side company doing recycling and hauling at one point, and uh, I wanted to get more phone calls. So I built a little website for it and figured out how to get it to rank and then bumped into somebody that needed a website, and then all of a sudden they referred me to someone, Mm. and then all of a sudden I'm managing three websites, and I haven't even built a website about building websites. So that's what spurred me on to get into this because I don't have a degree. I'm completely self-taught. Uh, I've got a couple of employees and, and uh, three, two software engineers and uh, another person that works for me. And it's been painfully slow, um, but we're growing, you know, so it's moving along and hopefully it'll continue. I also have a, another website that, I, that I'm kind of a, not really making anything off of it. It's more of a hobby. Sure. Is uh, ricklucas.net, and that's about trying to make the world a better place. Um, the whole point of that. I started doing that because I wanted to get better at writing because I do some content marketing for some of my clients, write okay. little articles for them. And my, um, my writing is um, getting better. If you look at the first couple articles I wrote, it's pretty, pretty shoddy. And the ones uh, uh, I've written lately are just slightly shoddy. <laughs> and uh, so I do uh, things about uh, entrepreneurship. I go on beer adventures is what I call them. And I write little articles about how to make the world a better place. Okay, very interesting. I'm looking at it. Once again, that is ricklucas.net. You have articles from, at least I see here, from as, as far back as 2019. When did you start the website? Um, prior uh, to COVID, which is fascinating. Pr- prior to, to COVID, yeah. right. Uh, one of the articles, I talk about that being prepared because there was that time when everybody was out of toilet paper. Mm. And that seemed odd to me. Like, how can you be out of something that it's something that's around everywhere all of a sudden, you know? And I just, that was one of the articles I wrote about, you know, if you added, I don't know, just as an example, if you bought one extra roll of toilet paper over a year, you'd have toilet paper for the whole house from now on. You wouldn't have to go out and buy the store out, you know? That's an interesting topic. <clears throat> I, I'm, uh, I'd imagine most marriages are the husband and the wife, they bring a little something different to the table. Absolutely. I am the type of guy who will buy like a huge case of paper towels for our house, even though we already have some. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. wife's always, you know, she came from a third world country, a little bit more poverty in her background. So she's like, why did you do that? We don't need this right now. Right, right, right. And I'm like. Sees it as waste of the money or waste for somebody else that can't use it. Sure, exactly, probably both. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm saying, I see what's happening with inflation. I don't think that if I wait until next month to buy this paper towel that it's going to be cheaper. I know we're Mm going to use it at some point. So that's a Mm -hmm. fascinating 
uh, uh, I mean, topic I do, there. I do do that with a lot of things. I don't buy one uh, spray bottle of uh, glass cleaner. I buy seven of them. Sure. If I see something that's, you know, uh, 10 of these on sale for guys, go ahead and get 10. Sure. You'll I use got, them at some point. Some point. I have way more toothpaste than I'll ever probably need. Okay. You know, <laughs> so uh, obviously I'm not, I'm not uh, hoarding things, but I have I was going to say, me. would you call yourself a hoarder? No, I would not. I would not because it's organized and put together pretty well. I was, I was in the military, so uh, everything, I, I make my bed every morning and I, everything has to be a dress right dress. I'm a little... Um, OCD. OCD. I'm a little OCD about it. Like, you know, that cro- that crooked picture over there is bugging me. Is it? Yeah. That Like, I noticed it right away. I, I, I mentioned your Indiana University degree. Degree. Yep. IUS right is what it is. IUS. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed it right away. It's a little crooked in comparison to the other picture. Well, at least I have a degree. Okay, Rick. <laughs> yes, <I'm, laughs> I apologize, sir. I'm just kidding. The, the, you said you didn't true. have a degree earlier. <laughs> right, Does that right. mean you didn't go to college? No, I went to U of L. I have a degree in, in like a, a software engineering or so website did, design. What did you study at U of L? Uh, just business administration and business science. That sounds pretty useful, actually. In all seriousness, my degrees in general studies. Okay. Bachelor's degree doesn't do anything for me now. <laughs> Nothing. That's a nice looking degree. That looks fantastic. The physical degree looks nice. That looks fantastic. Yeah. I don't think you should be proud of it. I'm a health insurance agent. <laughs> I told my son, you don't have to go to college at all to be a health insurance agent. Mm-hmm. That degree, thanks to my father, I, I didn't have to go into debt for it, mm-hmm. full disclosure. Um, and it did help me get some jobs that I hated mm-hmm. in the banking industry mostly. I needed a college degree to get hired at PNC Bank or Chase mm-hmm. Bank. But... I, I think when my son, my son's 28, oh, wow. okay. and shout out to Cody, love you son, uh, hola mijo, uh, he um, he was graduating high school and going to college, I remember talking to him about school, and I don't know what it is now, because I, I haven't looked, but back then, I think the unemployment rate for just, the average unemployment rate was in the sixes, and but for someone that had a college degree, it was like 2.8 or 2.9. Okay. So... To me, just having the degree in that general studies, uh, I think that helped to prompt him to he has, move him. He has he has a degree at University of Louisville and has a master's at IUS, by the way. Wow. Okay. In business, science, and accounting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So um, I think I think there's reasons there, but of course you got to get into a field of study that's going to do you some good. Sure. What's the point? Like French poetry. Medieval French poetry. Yes, I have a degree in medieval French poetry. If you look at the list of degrees that actually exist, actually in some of those bigger, more liberal universities in California and stuff, I saw one lesbian dance theory is a degree you can get. All you can do is teach at that point, I think. If that's what you want to be a teacher, that's great. But Uh look, look at everybody you're graduating with and who has graduated before you and after you, you'll be competing with all of them for the finite amount of teacher's positions. If that's what you want to study and your parents are independently wealthy, then, hey, giddy up. But sure. if you have to make a living, you probably should make a, a, a grown-up decision and go for something. Like get, 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 get into welding. I don't know. Do something that's going to make you a few bucks, and then you can study French poetry or lesbian studies. Dance theory. Dance theory on the weekends. I'll never forget that one because I saw the lesbian mm. dance theory is mm. one. I'm like, what the hell? And that's Don't cool. Even, yeah. People should be free to study do, whatever do, they do want and all that. Mm. I mean, if they're, especially if they're independently wealthy and their families will pay for whatever. Yes, please. We need people to, 
I guess we need people to study that. <laughs> I'm assuming we do. Uh, so if that's if that's a thing, then when you want to study it, please feel free. Sure. Uh, but but uh, you do think there is something to be said for lower unemployment rates for people who have a bachelor's degree? I think it's something that I think a lot of employers will, when they're looking for ways to sort through resumes and all things are equal, one has a degree or 15 has a degree, 35 don't. That's a real easy way to make their life easier. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, coming from you, you are an entrepreneur. I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a little counter to the idea of just starting your own thing? You, um, you're talking about you want to be a good employee. You want to be able to get hired at a company, get a degree. Is that a little counter to your approach? I, I don't I don't think so. I mean, I learned a lot of things. For example, that's something I, it, that I talk about all the time that I, I remember – and it, it's almost like a sideline, but as the teacher is talking about things, professor, I remember the, the um, business uh, professor talking about you can do in business, you can do things three ways. You can have it done really fast, you can have it done right, or you can have it done cheap. You can get two of those, but you can't get all three. And um, I talk to a lot of people that won all three. And you have to have, be able to have that conversation with them to know that that's unrealistic for me to propose that. Yes, I'm going to do it really fast. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it really cheap. Mm. Can't do it. Like, it's just not going to work. I'm you got to have, what, you got to ha- choose one where this going to lack at least one of those areas. Mm-hmm. You got to make some sacrifices up front. Uh, and, and if you go making promises you can't keep by saying you're going to do it fast, cheap, and right, you're going to end up with a mad client and you're not getting paid. You're getting a bad review. You're going to ruin your your reputation. You're better off just establishing uh, correct expectations right off top. If you need me to do it that cheap, I can't do it that fast. I'll get it done right. Sure. You know, but if you want it done fast and you want it done right, it's going to cost a little more. And that's just the way life is, I think. Now, you mentioned you'll get a bad review. So it sounds like this conversation is kind of going back toward the – and I know this isn't directly what we're – planning on talking about but you said it review get a bad review mm-hmm. you kind of mean like a google review is that kind of like what go- you meant a google review or a, a, there's a lot of websites that do reviews but google is obviously still the big dog about people check reviews okay so uh, no one wants one bad review i mean one bad review is is not that big a deal if you have 15 reviews and uh, the, the other 14 are legitimate uh, and they're all Good reviews and and legitimate. That's not. I mean, everybody makes mistakes. It's even for a car lot with a bunch of, if they have a bunch of reviews. If you sell two hundred cars a month, you're going to make a mistake here and there. Sure. Are you just going to have a jerk walk in that has false expectations? True. Sure. And going to write you a bad review because they want something for free or they're trying to take advantage of the situation. But if the majority of your view or your reviews are bad, then you got to look at your business practices, what you're doing, and one of those is. The correct, you know, managing cr- expectations. Managing expectations. So that's kind of consistent with what if you somebody, said. It's hey, I can do it for this price, and it'll take me a little longer for this price. You just mm-hmm. just kind of being transparent up front being, and being realistic. Up front, and then if they don't, if they need it done fast, then we shake hands and part as friends, and maybe I get an opportunity during their business in the future. Maybe not, but at least I didn't send somebody off angry with me and maybe get a bad review or get a bad reputation. Because sometimes you get. Those things happen. You don't even know why you're not getting any phone calls. Mm. You just got some bad reviews, and three people that would have called you just didn't call. You don't even know what you're missing at that point. May have missed hundreds of thousands of dollars or $10 or an opportunity. So and every opportunity can lead to other opportunities. So that's the important part there, too, in my, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> can we back up a little bit? Who is Rick Lucas? Where would you grow up at? 
What's your background like? Uh, I'm I'm Rick Lucas. I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I like Louisville. Um, it's been good here. I went to uh, St. X, graduated in 86. It feels like 100 years ago. Went to uh, L for a short time, but I wasn't quite ready for that. And I was kind of broke. You know, couldn't afford it. Just couldn't. Um, did th- they made mistakes like uh, got set up 8, 8 a.m. classes. And uh, just as a 19-year-old, 18-year-old, I just didn't make those classes. Sure. Yeah. Yep. So I decided to join the Army for the okay. GI Bill. So I spent uh, four years in the military. I did that. Uh, <clears throat> I made that mistake of uh, letting the – I went to the MEP station. The MEP station is where you start your processing, like the very beginning of your like military career. Recruiter. Recruiter place. St- uh, place. And I went in there with my expectations. I didn't know what I was going to do as a job yet, but I was going to do two years and get out for the GI Bill. Well, they showed me – you remember that commercial, the tank jumping the ditch from way back? I don't know if you're old enough to remember it. I don't know it. if I do. Is it's it an popular? M1A1 tank. It's an M1 tank. And it, it can do that, but the landing destroys it. You know, it's like so the General Lee making that leap. I mean, it, and then they drive off. Like, they're not driving off ever, make, ever after it jumps that ditch. But they showed me that thing, uh, that stupid commercial, and they bumped me from two years to four and into combat arms, you know, just like that. But um, And I joined the Army to see the world, and they ended up taking me to Fort Knox. And I got off the bus there thinking, uh, I've been here before, you know. But um, the Army was a good experience. I spent some time at Fort Hood, and uh, I've been around a little bit. I was in Desert Storm. I was a gunner on the M1A1 tank. So um, I, actually my ETS day came up while I was in Iraq. So What's was, ETS? Even if you don't know the exact acronym, what's it mean? Man, I can't believe I can't remember. I can't remember that. It's end of, end of service is the date you're getting out of the military. Okay, okay. So I'm yeah. sorry. You said your ETS came while I was uh, while I was in Iraq. Okay, so you're done with your service while you're in Iraq. Your date was yeah. coming up. Okay. Yeah, and that was the that was the day I was. Uh, um, yeah, that was an, just an interesting time. But, you know, I uh, spent some time there. That was a, a, a learning experience, you know. Uh, after that, I have uh, worked in a couple places. I lived in Indianapolis for a little while and worked. I was a mortgage broker for uh, 10 years. Okay, I remember that part, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did that for a while. So I was a mortgage broker, financial advisor for a long time. Learned a lot about just money and business. And that's uh, kind of one of the basis of one of the articles on the ricklucas.net also is uh, being financially literate because I was shocked at how many people would call looking for a mortgage and didn't know some of the basics about their own, you know. But the wife doesn't know how much the husband makes. How is that? Huh? What? What? You know, doesn't make any sense to me. And then people just not knowing, how much do you pay in taxes per year? I really don't know. Just did not know how these things worked, and that was kind of the – one of the reasons for that one article was just if just being financially literate, first off, it keeps you from getting taken advantage of. If you know uh, what's going on, and it just makes you a better position to make the world a better place, I think. Uh, even through finance? Through, through being financially literate. I think you, you're less likely to get taken advantage of. Okay. okay, You take care of your own finances, and even if you don't use those finances to help other people, you can use those to help yourself and your family. And you're not a burden, and your people are not a burden to society. I don't wow. have to okay. pick up and to go over there and help you, your people, because you can handle it. That's kind of the basis of, of that article, and a lot of the things that I do kind of write about. I just I believe that uh, no matter what your socio economic situation is, you can be 
have a have a piece of that trying to make the world a better place. But at the very least, growing and being better yourself. Okay. You know? Almost in a, you take from this what you will, but like Ayn Rand type thought of worry about yourself first, philanthropy's great. Well, giving to others some, is good, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. first and foremost, you need to take care of yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I can't remember where I heard it. I've been thinking about writing an article about it. I haven't got there yet. It hasn't quite formed in my head, but something like uh, don't give more than you can afford or something like that. I have known some people that very charitable. I brought an article about being charitable. That's It's a good thing. But if you're spending so much time being charitable or giving more money than you should, then you're not you're not – Maybe you're helping people, but you're not helping yourself. You do have to be a little bit selfish, I think. And uh, that doesn't mean hoarding water or hoarding toilet paper or ho- hoarding gold coins and, and uh, guns and bullets, but it does mean uh, taking care of yourself first. There's nothing wrong with that. And uh, once you get into a position to take care of yourself, now you can help others. You can help others even better, in fact, because you're less stress on you. Things are taken care of. That's just the way I see it. Take care of yourself at least a little bit. Get financially stable yourself first, and then go out there and help whoever you want to help. You know, so a devil's advocate view. If I were, if I'm trying to wear the hat of someone who's <coughs> painting Rick Lucas in a bad light, hmm. I'd say, oh, he says money's everything. <laughs> yeah, we get it, Rick. Okay, you don't like philanthropy. You think money's everything. You piece of garbage. What would your response to that be? Well, my response would be is I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about time, teaching people things. Uh, if you're a financial advisor, for example, uh, and if you're a successful financial adv- advisor, you can take that time and uh, teach your family around you first. Maybe teach your family and friends about these things so they don't make the same mistakes. And then when that time becomes available, volunteer to teach these things at other places. So it's not just about money. It's about time, effort, you know, uh, heart. That I mean, money is part of it. Money is what makes the world go around. So, yes, it is an important detail, but it's to not the most that, important. To pretend that money's not important would be, yeah, na- be naive. irresponsible. Naive. It would be irresponsible. Yeah. Irresponsible. Irresponsible. I had a friend a couple of years ago who was um, going from, had a possibility to go from one job to another, but he liked his other job, and it was a huge raise. He didn't go to that raise. Uh, he didn't take that second job because he wanted to stay there and be happy, and there's something to be said for that if you're financially stable. But to me, at that point in his life, I think he was being a little irresponsible. You have kids? Uh, he had kids and a okay. family. Okay. If it was just him by himself, then I don't know. Sure. Go be a bass pro bass fisherman if you want to and make it, whatever. But um, if you have a kids and family, it's almost almost irresponsible to not take advantage of that situation and make a few more bucks. You can take care of your family uh, and spend your free time doing what you want to when you're financially stable. But I don't know. Maybe that's a reach, but I really felt at the time he was being – irresponsible that's just an example and it's anecdotal i'm sure we can find plenty of examples of people doing what they love and it worked out sure you know i'm absolutely sure of that so. and you're a good example of that you don't make a ton of money from each of your ventures no i don't i don't make really the ricklucas.net i don't make anything off of it it was the whole point was to get better at uh writing to improve myself and i guess maybe to to uh, get better at marketing myself marketing my content marketing and being able to better serve my clients Okay. There's something to be said for that, but it's really more of a hobby. And, of course, I also have got – many of these articles have been written while I was drinking a beer, so always remember that if you see some typos or some mistakes in there. Uh, there was probably a beer in hand while that was being typed. Okay. <laughs> now, Rick, you and I met in a – I'll just – B&I meeting mm-hmm. here in, in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, mm-hmm. net, which B&I is – Rick, what is B&I? 
Uh, business networking international. International, yes. I've, I haven't been doing this as long as you. Yeah, that's where we met. Yeah, and um, it's become. Uh, it seems to be um, a beneficial. Just a matter of meeting new people and learning new things. So that's always a possibility. And this, I wouldn't be here without it. So. That's this, a, could, this could be a little bit of a testament to that, at least. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, every Thursday, Rick and I have lunch together at, um, what is it, Woodhaven Country, Woodhaven Country Woodhaven Club, Country Club Bardstown Road, toward Fern Creek. Mm-hmm. And we have, I think, 15 members right now. 12 have, or 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something yeah. around those the, mm-hmm. that area. And we, we have exclusive seat rights. I'm the health insurance broker for the group. Mm-hmm. Health insurance through the group. If there's a health insurance opportunity, it comes to me. Mm-hmm. Rick, you hold the uh, search engine optimization seat. Mm-hmm. So anyone who gets an opportunity for that among this group, we're all fighting. In theory, that's the, the game plan is we're mm-hmm. all trying to uh, hustle and scrap and get referrals mm-hmm. for each other. And then in time, you know, we all kind of grow. I think it's uh, how's it go with givers, givers get or givers, givers give. Givers uh, gain. G- givers gain. That's givers it. gain. Yeah. Right. So the more enthusiastic I am about giving referrals to you. Mm-hmm. Over time, especially, mm-hmm. the more enthusiastic I'll be, or more effort I'm be willing to put in to find um, referrals for Ryan, or, yes, or, or Kelly, or yes. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Uh, Ryan Bruce. works. My, my full name is Ryan <laughs> Kelly Dugan. I say it on multiple episodes, but I do go by my middle name on the podcast. But my name's Ryan Dugan. I'm a health insurance broker. But BNI is very fascinating to me because, in a lot of ways, because over time I do actually become closer to those people in the group. Mm-hmm. Maybe I wasn't even consciously trying to. We had to meet for a lunch, and I see this, and I'm like, "Oh, I didn't notice that." And mm-hmm. and then I, you know, I start to like the people even a little. You know, you know people I, I over an, time. I give you an example. Uh, yesterday, I had a one to one with Bruce Corwin. He holds the wealth advisor position. We met at Smoky Bones for an hour, and he is a member or a founder of a Bourbon Brotherhood. Yep. So after that, me and him uh, went to a bourbon tasting at Smoky Smoky Bones. And we actually have a couple of mutual friends, which would have not have known unless we had have if we just had the one to one and went on about our business. That's positive, but staying for the little bourbon tasting, found out we had a mutual friend and had some other things in common. So that's a perfect example, I think, of what you were talking about. And you mentioned earlier, <clears throat> you you said something about financial advisors mm-hmm. educating people. Mm-hmm. David Phillips in the group, I think he's the. Uh, um, Health insurance, health, or life insurance, li- life insurance mm-hmm. uh, uh, seat is what he holds. Uh, mm-hmm. Owner of Cornerstone Insurance here in Louisville. He, I think, he has something with Bruce Corwin where they're do, they're set up to where he's helping David's kids mm-hmm. specifically learn about investing, stocks and bonds, mm-hmm. mutual funds, how these things work, right? Qualified money versus non qualified money, that mm-hmm. type of stuff. But I thought I thought that was very cool. Bruce is a CFP. Mm-hmm. I used to be a stockbroker. Mm-hmm. So I know that the CFP designation, I went through a nine-month course at Bellarmine. I did not become a CFP, mm-hmm. but I could have sat for the test, would have failed it, but uh, <laughs> right. I'm not yeah. one, but I know right. what goes into it. Bruce right. Corwin is as credible and qualified mm-hmm. at helping someone with a 401k rollover or mm-hmm. you know purchasing some anything when it comes to being a financial advisor as anyone. So I, I think it's really cool. I think that's key too to uh, just helping in business period. I get a lot of people that, cause I do free website consultations and, and Bruce does a lot of free work. I, I guess you could say sure answers questions and stuff, but I do free website consultations and those have led to uh, getting business in the future, by just helping answer someone's questions. And then 
Uh, I have had a couple of people try to take advantage of me with the sure. free website consultation. They want six or seven of them. At some point, you got to go, all right, come on. Sure. You know, what are we doing here? But uh, that uh, leads to, to good business. I think Bruce kind of practices that too because I think he, you know, will answer any reasonable questions for anybody that, that reaches out to him, I think, yeah. and help them get them going in the right direction. Anyone who follows me on Facebook, the Kelly, my Kelly Patrick Facebook account knows that on occasion I do ask who wants to buy a house. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. I'm trying to get referrals for our loan officer, Jennifer McKinney. And then, of course, our realtor, Still. Rhonda Roberts. Mm-hmm. Both right. of them have, they do great work. I'm a client of both of theirs. They've mm-hmm. been in the group for a long time. I shouldn't say a long time. That could sound rude to females, right? I don't know. They've been at least for a few years in the group. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rhonda and, Rhonda and Jennifer do great work. So mm-hmm. I'm always trying to strum up referrals. I don't always do the best job with it, but occasionally mm-hmm. something will come through mm-hmm. and I get someone, a, a referral for someone in the group. And it, it is rewarding. I've been in mm-hmm. the group for about seven years now. Uh, I just started this year. Uh, I've, I've had a couple of, of good connections and a couple of referrals, so... We're going to test it out, and the whole point really was I was getting a lot of uh, um, just looking for another way to uh, expand the business. I mean, it's just like a small business owner that has a bunch of referrals, and that's all that he's getting. Well, how else does he grow? Well, he has himself a builds a website and tries to get found on Google, mm. or he does some advertising on uh, the radio, or there's lots of things, and it's something that I can do to help people too, because I've always heard this a lot. I can't remember where I heard this from also, but um, someone says something like, uh, you know, I know I'm wasting half of my marketing budget. I just don't know which half, Sure, you know, uh, I can help people kind of sort through that. Okay. This, this particular method is not working for you or is a waste of time. I've tested it before, you know, but a lot of what I do is telling people what not to do because I've tried it before for other industries and other companies and it just didn't work sure. so these are things that work and kind of help people focus so i think that's the important part of what i do also so our relationship rick is we're trying to get each other referrals mm-hmm. my ideal referral would be someone who's turning age 65 going on to medicare mm-hmm. not rocket science but mm-hmm. it is kind of my specialty so if someone knows anyone in the united states who's turning 65 send them my way the ideal referral for you rick would be someone who wants to for example I'm here in Louisville, Kentucky. My uh, washing machine breaks. Let's say my, my uh, dishwashing machine breaks and I want to find someone to fix it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I Google search for... Appliance repair, but whatever. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, how many appliance repair companies do you think are in Louisville? Uh, I bet there's hundreds. Okay. I bet there's hundreds. A better example might be because I know about this. Yeah, let's hear like, a better example. Like, like HVAC companies. Okay. All right. There are... Um, I've been uh, supporting, uh, uh, helping out, doing internet. I built their website, uh, Right Mechanical Services, and um, they come up good in search. But I've been working with them for about ten years, I guess. And I'm ne- I'm always, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm always seeing HVAC companies wander around in a van, and it's got a name on the side of it. There's literally hundreds of those guys out there. And if you don't have a website or you haven't done some kind of internet marketing, just having a website is not going to make you any money. You just have a website. It's a billboard out there that you're paying for that's not bringing you any productivity. Maybe it adds legitimacy. There's something to be said for that. But uh, it really takes uh, some time and effort to really get to where when somebody does a search for air conditioning repair in Louisville, Kentucky. They do a Google search. You're in Louisville. Search. You're like, my air conditioner's <clears throat> broke. Mm-hmm. Google.com. AC Google repair search. near me. Mm-hmm. Air conditioning mm-hmm. repair near me. Mm-hmm. Search. And if you want to get found in that. 
uh, on that first page because very few people go past the first page. Okay. Very few people go past number five, actually. Um, then someone like me, you need someone like me to help you do that. Are you good at it? I am good at it. I've been doing it for 13 years. So I've got several clients on the first page of Google, and that's what, that's what we do. Several clients on the first page. Okay. And their respective fields. Yeah. You know, they're not, uh, the HVAC guy doesn't come up when somebody does a search for roofing. Sure. <laughs> but it does come up when somebody does a search for AC repair mm-hmm. or whatever we got going on. So Now, you may not expect me to ask you about this, but you have another business too, don't you? Ah, yes, I do. That's a, a different company. Uh, that's something I just started. It's in the trucking industry and um, I unload containers and it's really um show me my age i guess you could say you go unloading containers because you're the one doing the physical work. i'm doing some of the physical work the, the the point is is to find the staffing and find a manager and then manage that business but when somebody's like anything else a manager at thornton's when somebody come, calls in the manager's got to go in and take those hours i'm kind of in that position right now so i'm looking to grow that into where it's and then go out and find another one then go out and find another one. Okay. Find the right crew for this spot and go out and find another one. So that's the that's the goal with that. That's It's been um, – And that has a, a website? Uh, no, I don't have a website for that yet. I just haven't needed it. So but that's it. That's in the process. I've bought the domain name, and it's I'm not going to get paid for the website yet, so it's on the priority list of i got to take care of the paying customers first. And that's your – okay. Yeah, that's what I'm doing there. So I'm working on that. That's another thing I'm working. Of course, the ricklucas.net is my little hobby. So please feel free to visit me there. I'm on YouTube also, by the way. Okay, Rick Lucas on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Rick Lucas on Lucas Enterprises. It's, it's called there. Lucas Enterprises. Mm-hmm. Okay, on YouTube. So that's that's what I'd really like to do. I'd love to go to uh, write stuff about how to make the world a better place, and then visit craft breweries and talk about beer. That would be my dream job i would probably need a driver <laughs> that's all full-time driver full-time driver to uh, get me from spot to pot uh, spot to spot and i'll be everybody's happy so. like i need to tell these people about the world being a better place take me to the other bar <laughs> yeah let's, let's go let's go to lemons mill in uh, harrisburg <laughs> yeah yeah akasha is one of my favorites here in town too akasha brewery what's the best breweries in louisville what are Ooh, the best it depends on what you like now, if you're into sours, I would say try the Atrium, okay? Um, they have an excellent kind of a, a, a selection of sours. Um, if you like just a whole lot of different um, uh, flavors, styles, or whatever, Akasha is a good choice. Okay. Um, uh, Louisville, uh, Old Louisville Brewery is a good one. They've got some good Pilsners. Right, and I've been to places like Lexington and some other places. I just went to Frankfurt and did uh, Sig Lusher. That's the oldest brewery in the state of Kentucky, and they only have pilsners. So if you're into pilsners and you're in that area, that's the place to stop in at. So, kind of depends on what you're into. If you're into heavy IPAs, well, maybe you go to Akasha. If you like sours, try the Atrium. I haven't haven't interviewed the guys at Atrium yet. I'm trying to get in with them. One of the common things you and I have found is we both at least know Ben Fowler. <laughs> so yes, we, we have a mutual friend. Right. Um, also, of course, Markel Mueller. We should mention shout out to Markel mm-hmm. Mueller. Hey, Alex R. White, uh, mm-hmm. personal injury attorney mm-hmm. here in Louisville. Hey, Mark. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you're a fan of Adam Carolla. I am a fan of Adam Carolla. Uh, I, I've listened to 
uh, probably a part of his podcast almost every day while okay. shaving or driving or I used to run a lot till I hurt my ankle, but I used to listen to it while while running a lot. What would you? How would you describe that? Because when I was 13 years old, I started listening to Loveline <laughs> from mm-hmm. 10 p.m. until midnight every night. Mm-hmm. They would talk about all sorts of debauchery and mm-hmm. things that attracted a young me. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam would tell stupid stories about his childhood where his friends were doing all this debaucherous stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, so his reputation, he was a comedian, mm-hmm. the man show, offensive man show. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I should he's say a, offensive, relatively offensive, some, but how would you describe what he has evolved into? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, what I like about the show is that, um, uh, it amazes me how quick he is off the top of his head because you can tell like he didn't practice that they'd come right off the top of his head that's his a, humor his humor that's an amazing and his references that's an a that's an amazing talent like sure. my brain doesn't work that fast it just doesn't okay you know i'm I don't know if we're going to make this conversation before I run out of gas. Or just forget what we're talking. That's how I am. It's yeah. just like, well, we'll move on to this next thing. What yeah. were we talking about? I never finished talking about me. Here we are talking that about That is Carole. an interesting topic. Me being a host, mm-hmm. making sure you wrap up a point before moving on to the next one is not always easy. But you would say Adam's good at that. Adam's good at that. And uh, I just enjoy his humor. And, and I, I think um, he's uh, honest about his positions about things also. Mm which is fascinating. I don't necessarily agree with him all the time, but he's consistent, which is another article that I wrote about, uh, making the world a better place is being consistent. Mm. You know, um, I think he's consistent. So that's that's what I like about him. I think it's probably what makes him, his fans like him also. He's not all over the place. Okay. And I don't think anybody, I think he's genuine. Um, I think someone else like Joe Rogan, I think they're genuine. Like that's what you see what they're saying is what they are, mm. you know. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, when he was a comedian, was yeah. probably not not familiar. Uh, but from years ago, he was probably not genuine. Oh, uh, he was not. He was not genuine. Is that that's not the person that you see there on stage? This I is see. some character. I He's, see. Uh, Pee Wee Herman, which it was on purpose. So that's di- kind of different. But that's who that guy. You know, that's, he's not Pee Wee Herman. You know, a lot of those uh, redneck. What was the name of that tour with Jeff Foxworthy? <laughs> there was that uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Larry the Cable Guy. Supposedly that's kind of just an act, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. No, he's making a living. Go do your thing. Yeah, yeah. That's not necessarily. Um, I think he was from Nebraska, but that was a character he came up came up with on the radio. I think Andrew Dice Clay is another example of a stick of a stick, and he almost has become. The character. I think I heard Joe Rogan or somebody talk about that. Like Andrew Dice Clay has become a caricature of the character mm-hmm. who he was trying to. It was just a character. He come just trying to be funny, and he has become the character. He's real good at that character. He's almost become that character sure. now. He's turned more towards a character than who he may or may not be. I mean, obviously, I don't know any of these people. If you're in the entertainment industry, that's an interesting thing. As I, I really enjoy the TV show, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Very funny, but... All the main characters basically go by their own name, mm-hmm. except Dennis, and he's the darkest one. He chose to go by a different name because that character gets pretty dark. Really? That's and interesting. So I didn't he, know that. He made an early decision because they're making like all sorts of crazy references. This mm-hmm. guy's a psycho, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I wouldn't want that to be my whole life is you're the psycho, mm-hmm. the guy who's real bad to women and like mm-hmm. all sorts of, and put it into a humorous light and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's, he's got to be able to turn that off when he leaves, when the camera's able to assume. I don't think my wife would like me that to be my, <laughs> right. everybody on planet earth for the rest of my life thinks of me in that mm-hmm. light. 
Well, and also, I think sometimes you probably bring that home. Maybe, I mean, if you yeah. live in that, um, you live in that dark abyss. That abyss, you stare into the abyss. This, the abyss stares back. Maybe, you know. Yeah. So maybe you stare into that for too long, and you become a little bit like that. I don't know if that would be a good thing either. That's, yeah, that's got to be a talent to be able to turn that on and off. Sure, acting. Yeah, uh, um, um, that's got to be a talent. Like I don't even know how I. I Something I obviously couldn't do. Politicians, to a degree, all do that. Mm-hmm. But we yeah. could go on and on about that. You know, you you're running for office. Okay, well, you've got to have a position on this. You're like, I don't even give a shit. I don't care about that. Yeah, that's not important you've, to me. But you're talking to the uh, uh, the yeah. moms against yeah. drunk driving today. Yep. So you, you got to have a stance. You got to yeah, be gotta, ready. Yeah, you got to be ready to answer whatever these questions are. So, uh, well, that politicians are a, a trip because they shape their message and i guess you have to do this somewhat depending on who they're talking to sure they go talk to another group and they contradict themselves mm. that that's like be consistent you know it, it, you okay know. that's kind of like your article right it's like ricklucas.net article. article about consistency to be consistent if you're consistent then i mean i appreciate someone that's consistent i feel like i can trust whatever else you say or your opinions mean a little more to me you know if you're inconsistent with your opinions then that's something that i can't I just can't keep up with that. I can't. I start to distance myself from people, uh, politicians, uh, comedians, whoever, like that. Sure. RFK Jr. has been on a lot of podcasts. I noticed when he's on a podcast with a lefty, mm-hmm. Bill Maher, mm-hmm. who's at least a lefty to a degree. Mm-hmm. But you have to appreciate Bill Maher. He at least will, uh, not all the time, but he, he will uh, um, disagree with okay. his side. Uh, and have a little common sense, which is something that, like, I've listened to Bill Maher on a fairly regular basis. Not Agreed. all the time. Agreed. Because uh, he's got an important point. He's got a uh, – he's he's right sometimes. And I didn't mean lefty in a pejorative way. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Right, right, Bill right, Maher's right. thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I don't – like you said with Adam Crow, don't agree with him on everything. Right. But you hear RFK Jr. talking to someone who at least is a lefty, mm-hmm. you know, is a lefty. Mm-hmm. Um he does give slight – now, he's good at it. I'm not knocking RFK Jr. because mm-hmm. that's what you got to do. He's playing the game. Mm-hmm. What he says there, because I've listened to all his podcasts recently, mm-hmm. all of them, mm-hmm. is a little different than when he's on with, you know, well, a right-leaning person, well, Fox for, News guy. Well, unfortunately, I think it says something about us is that politicians feel like they have to lie to us. Sure. Um, and they I, don't even have to really hide it that well. Don't even have to hide it that well. Um, the people we vote for and who are our leaders are kind of a reflection of who we are. And okay. if, if we get some narcissistic, bombastic bully, <laughs> I don't know. Is that who we who, who are, are you we? referring to? Someone? <laughs> uh, nobody in particular. Okay. <laughs> but um, uh, it kind of depends on who we're. If we fall for these the uh, these promises that we know can't be. Can't be kept, I guess, is my point. I mean, we kind of deserve uh, who we vote for. If we're not informed, be informed, people. Another article on my that I've written is that... Be informed? Be, be informed, yes, is important. Uh, and it can make the world a better place because we're all making better decisions because we're more informed. We have all the information. You know, um, that's important. And I think we are. Sometimes we are. We get the leaders we deserve sometimes. And we have to be careful of that. I think that's an interesting... It's a shame that we have to be that way. Shame it has to be pointed out that some of this is uh, these issues we have are our own fault. RickLucas.net. Your goal with RickLucas.net is to, as you said, make the world a better place. One of the topics you wrote about at some point was to be informed. What's an example of being informed? What's something that people need to be informed about? Um, 
Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I guess just how the world works would be one important thing. Oh, I like the, um, um, I didn't necessarily agree. They, what was that uh, speech by um, um, Michael Douglas? He was the president. And at the end of that movie, he Gordon makes Gecko. a Gecko. Uh, no. Greed is good. Uh, no, he was the president in this one. A different movie. Um, a different movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, they, well, in, in, in this, he's given the speech and it's very powerful. And he says, you know, uh, being an American citizen is not, it's not easy. You have to want it and you have to be a good And part of being that good citizen was, um, no, not that. The American speech, President. The American President. 1995 film. Okay. Mm-hmm. That Sorry. speech Oops. in there is, is just um, fantastic and it's moving. And he's basically saying that being a citizen of the United States is not easy. You have to want it. So you have to put in the work. You have to be informed. I mean, don't just listen to CNN and make your decisions, and don't just listen to Fox News either and make your decisions. Okay. You know, be informed. on the, Do a little research. And if you don't know about something, shut up until you figure it out. I think it would be another. A lot of people talk without knowing what they're talking about. So that, that's that's over all things. Um, Politics are important to be in, in, to be informed about, so we know who to vote for. But also, it's important to know how the world works. You know, um, how does a mortgage work? How does your life insurance work? How do these? What do, what do I, I mean? Everybody should probably have a little life insurance if you have a family. Um, those are all shout out to David Phillips. David Phillips, right? <laughs> so, those are things I think we need to be in, in, informed about. Okay, good answer. Rick Lucas, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Before we wrap things up, you got a Facebook page, Rick Lucas. I do. Mm-hmm. YouTube page, Lucas Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I'm, on, I'm on Twitter, uh, R-C-K-R-I-C-K, at R-C-K-R-I-C-K. I don't think I'm following you. Let me see here. Could you repeat that? R-C-K-R-I-C-K. R-C-K-R-I-C-K. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm uh, following you now. Talk about uh, things like beer. Oh, you've uh, got a blue thing on there. Yeah, I have a blue check mark. You I'm, do? Okay. I'm legitimate. Is that like 10 bucks a month? $8 a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm legitimate and I pay $8 a month. <laughs> wow, you've got a... Uh, 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 we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people that I follow follow you locally. So you've been on really? Twitter for a while. I've been on Twitter for a while. I have uh, almost 13,000 followers. I get... Okay. That and my, uh, like, I also have uh, All Things DeVille, um, and then my business. Wait, 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 wait. What's all, slow down. What's All Things DeVille? Uh, all Things DeVille is a, a website that I built a few years ago. It's basically just about all things going on in Louisville, Kentucky. All right, let me bring this up real quick. I, I, I have a lot going on. Apparently. Yeah. www.allthingsdeville.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. And that's my website right there. On Saturday, Louisville Cardinals' first football game. Someone wrote that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Not you? Uh, no, I mean, I, but I did the, like, go-to Louisville mascots. I interviewed some of the Louisville mascots. But you created this website. I created this website. This is my website, yes. I'm on Twitter there, too. And then... But the whole point was, like, with this... And You're on I, Twitter at All Things the Ville? Things the Ville, I think that one is. Okay, let me see. Sorry, I didn't realize this was going to go in. Things the Ville. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm now following that too. Cool. And then with my Louisville SEO strategies, that's Louisville SEO strategy, singular, and um, Lou SEO strategy. I get strategy, uh, and I get well oh, over a wow. hundred thousand impressions um, 
every month. So that's kind of a marketing tool for me, especially locally with all things DeVille. So you're not a fake SEO advisor. You're not I am fake. When not, it comes to online presence, I, ha- I do have it. You're not bullshitting. I'm easily found. You're not right. bullshitting. I'm easily found. Easily found, but you know how to mm-hmm. use Twitter, right? Yeah, you know Instagram, how to use Facebook, YouTube. right? And, and, and then just get you found, you know? Uh, and there's a lot more to it than just a... Just, just a couple of things, but that, that is the beginnings of any person starting a business. Internet presence, social media, website, you know, maybe a location, uh, logo, uh, what are my goals, a mission statement, things like that are all things to think, to think about when, when starting a new business. Good stuff. Well, Rick, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, we'll have to do this at some point again in the future. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. It's my, my, my first role into the podcasting uh, world. But thank you very much. I appreciate it. It was a good time. You're very welcome. I also want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Kelly Patrick Show. Of course, we will have another episode out soon. 